Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome once again to the New Heights Show um, on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Welcome to any new listeners, and welcome back to any of my current listeners. So today I have a topic that I've been thinking about for quite some time, um, and I hadn't considered it as a topic until this week, um, because I hadn't really thought of it as something that was needing to be talked about. Um, That is aging when you already have a a pre-existing disability. So, but before we get to that topic, I'd just like to remind my listeners that you can listen to this show on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a call-in show, so if you'd like to talk to me while we are live on air, my number is 1-646-558-8656. That's a United States number through New York. My meeting ID on Zoom is 465-172-882. This is a long-distance call, so of course your long-distance charges may apply. Also, I'd like to um, introduce my Cohort in Crime, I guess, at NHEG, Um, Buffy Williams has her show on Tuesdays, yes, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I encourage you to check her out. She's a great person and a wonderful host. So going back to what I talked about earlier Um, when I first started the show, aging and disability. As I mentioned, I thought it wasn't something that was relevant to talk about, but lately I have been reviewing (laughs) that, that idea, and I do think it is actually relevant to talk about, especially to my listeners here on the show. Um, As you know, or if your first, if this is your first time listening, I have cerebral palsy. CP is a 
childhood disorder. Um, it comes from lack of oxygen to the brain um, during birth. It's pretty much lack of oxygen to the brain, which causes brain cells to die, basically. Um, and it can affect your entire body, including the muscular um, and nervous systems. I've had this in my entire life. It's not going away. It's here. And I've had to live with it for so long that I don't know what it's like not to live with it. That being said, I'd like to talk about what happens to a person's body when they get older with a disability. Um, it's interesting with CP as of in itself that when you're born with cerebral palsy, a lot is made of having CP as a child. There are a lot of resources for children with CP, physical therapy, um, different classes, different modes of education, um, doctors, etc. Once you hit about 18, it's like the health system doesn't know what to do with you. It's okay, you're 18 now. That's all we have for you. Goodbye. And you're just expected to deal with this condition that you have, you pretty much have as a companion in your life. That's what it feels like. As I grow older, and I will say that I am middle-aged, a lady never tells her actual age, but I am middle-aged, I'm noticing things about my body that are changing, of course, as I grow older. Um, but I'm also noticing that the CP plays a major factor in how I'm aging and what, what problems I may have in the future because of that. <clears throat> so right now, the current definition of success in aging and gerontologists, the doctors that focus on the elderly, um, actually have the term success in aging. <laughs> Um, deter um, they quantify that as, quote, current definitions of successful aging emphasize avoidance of disability and high levels of physical function as necessary to well-being. This is from an article in the Journal of Gerontology um, on October 4th of 2016. Um, much of the stats you're going to hear in this podcast is I'm referencing that article. So, the article takes issue with that statement from gerontologists. Um, and I, I find that I do too. Basically the consensus of the article is that if success in aging has to do with the fact of, uh, has to do with not acquiring a disability, let's say by falling, elderly people tend to fall a lot. 
they, um, you know, break hips, that sort of thing. Um, and they need to maintain their current, their, as their current level of functioning. Um, if that's what is considered successful aging, well, what about us who have pre-existing disabilities? What is our standard of successful aging? And is this definition fair, honestly? And I, I think that it doesn't include the possibility of a population that is growing up having some sort of pre-existing condition, as I like to say, in the government. Um, right there, it's interesting that just occurred to me that that is actually a form of ableism, not taking into account the human beings, the citizens that you have that have a existing concerns before they age um, and assuming that the ultimate in being fit or healthy is to avoid a disability, quote unquote, at all costs. That's what I get from that line. You know, it's interesting when I read that line, I can almost sense the unease of medical professionals with the idea of an older person with a disability. Um, again, the, the structure of that sentence makes it seem like, you know, disability is to be avoided at all costs. And well, by all means, I would never want somebody to have something, you know, like I do, or, you know, develop something later in life that hinders them. By all means, no, I don't want that. This is not fun. Um, I also want to say it's not the end of the world. Um, there are things that you can still f have a fulfilling life, even if you're um, coming into your golden years, as they would say, with a, a preconceived disability. Um, and that's something that I find lacking right now in, in the medical community. It's, it's really fascinating, I guess, would be the word I would use. Um, before we get started and really dig into the details here, I'm going to take a little break and you will hear um, some words from NAGG itself. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Last segment, I was talking about aging with disabilities. 
Let's continue our discussion with some facts and figures. Now, I referenced an article earlier um, in the last segment. From this article, I learned that um, people with disabilities, um, people aging with disabilities is increasing. So you're seeing a larger population of people who had pre-existing disabilities aging into their elder years. Um, people with disabilities are less likely to have children due to a, a number of factors. Um, challenges with fertility overall and concerns with caring for people. If you're disabled, sometimes you don't have the physical um, the physical adaptability to care for a child. Um, also worries about care, giving, having the child carry on the genetics of the disability that you have. If you have a genetic disability, such as Alzheimer's, for, for example, a lot of people actually that I've talked to that do have disabilities, um, especially mental illness disabilities, have decided not to have kids specifically because they don't want their child to experience what they are experiencing now. So again, disabled folks are less likely to have children. Um, people with disabilities are, already have unique medical needs. Um, like I said, I as I am aging, I come in with a plethora of doctors already, uh, neurologists, um, well, not, uh, not an oncologist, excuse me, neurologists, eye doctors, um, physical therapists. You know, it's a laundry list of people that I need to see in order to maintain um, my condition. So even people with so-called static disabilities, and I really want to talk about this um, because this is what I myself am finding as I grow older, even people with so-called static disabilities, someone like me that has CP, CP is considered a static disability. It's there. It happened. It affects your body. The idea is that CP does not get worse. That may be true, uh, but what I'm finding is that the, the inherent um, problems with aging that a non-disabled person would feel, they seem to be compounded with my CP. Um, so again, the CP itself might not be getting worse, but I can definitely tell you um, my knees are getting worse. My my hips are, are likely to be affected because of my gait. My gait has been affected because of the CP. My sight is likely to be affected um, because when I when you have something like CP, which puts your body under 
so much stress to begin with, even just to live normal life. Um, when you get older and things like your muscles and your bones and such do naturally degrade, well, I'm working off a body that is already starting to degrade and has been for quite a while. Um, I can tell you, I feel about 10 years older. Um, I've had friends tell me the exact same thing. They look or they feel older, even if they may not look it. Um, you know, and this is true of someone with an invisible disability. There are lots of things that go along with any disability, but especially invisible disabilities, which hamper, I guess, what gerontologists would call successful aging. My surgeries were a very long time ago as a child, but I've had six of them, five on my eyes, one on my legs. Um, and I'm not going to lie, even though I was young, those surgeries, the results of those surgeries still affect me today. And they'll continue to affect me for the rest of my life. That is just what happens. And considering, consider a person who is older who has to go into surgery, um, perhaps for multiple times even due to a disability, that's extra trauma that the body may or may not recover from well. Uh, and it's something to consider, you know. You have to consider what the disabled person's baseline of functioning is before you can even decide whether or not they quote unquote are aging successfully. It's something that I really want to point out to folks um, because again, I don't think it's considered much. One of the other things that people who have a um, early onset disability, um, they're at risk, greater risk of what they call um, com comorbid, um, comorbid uh, conditions. Uh, we tend to get diabetes early. We tend to um, uh, get osteoporos osteoporosis early. Um, we um, tend to get other chronic conditions um, such as chronic pain, uh, chronic mental illnesses, that sort of things. Um, again, the static condition, like I have the CP, it in, an, it in and of itself will not change. But because I am aging, the CP compounds the effects on my body. So if you take a look at my body again, even if you're looking at a person who is 60, I may look older than somebody, medically speaking, look older medically speaking, um, than somebody is 60 because I have that CP factor in. Um, I have a few more things to say about this. It looks like we are almost to the end of our episode, which is kind of strange. Um, 
if I, for some reason, find that I have more to say on this topic, there will be a part two, so never fear. But for right now, let's take a listen to our um, our co-sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Last segment, I was talking about aging with disability, specifically how um, any other illnesses you may get as a disabled person, such as diabetes, um, may be compounded by your original disability, such as CP, such as multiple sclerosis. That's another factor as well. Also, one of the things that I've heard before in various articles and I find has is largely true, um, having a disability while aging because it puts an extra stressor on your body, people with disabilities may have to quote-unquote retire earlier. Um, That's the nice way of saying leave the workforce, whether or not you want to retire. Um, Sometimes you don't get that choice. This is difficult because it could lead to financial instability for the disabled person. Obviously, if you have to retire earlier, you are losing out on earnings that you could possibly have. You're losing out on adding to your 401k. Um, You're losing out to possible dividends um, from that 401k. Um, So people with disabilities often face um, poverty. They face um, housing instability. They face, you know, just a myriad of of economic issues that although the elderly can and do face these issues, um, people that are disabled have a higher likelihood of of pretty much having what they call financial instability, which is pretty much, you know, you're, you're at the bottom income level. So, And the other thing I wanted to mention about, quote-unquote, early retirement, um, that was the quote from the article at the Journal of Gerontology that I mentioned earlier, early retirement. I still think that's facetiously funny. Um, Is that, remember that at least for the U.S. population. We grew up in a culture that values work. It values what you do and working hard for it. Um, If you aren't working, you aren't seen as contributing to society. Um, 
one of the first things you learn from someone when you meet them is what is their job? What is what do they do? And increasingly it's become what our jobs have become a part of our identity. I think that that has always been true of the U.S. public. And I think it's increasingly um, growing in importance, um, especially with millennials. Millennials uh, work often long days, harder days. Um, so with so much of our self wrapped up in being employed and what we do and how we do it, um, the sudden absence of that when you have to quote unquote forcibly retire um, can lead to, you know, a severe depression. Um, you know, it's mental health has always been an issue and you, you hear me talk about it all the time, but it's another unintended consequence um, of aging with a disability. Um, the fact that you may have to give up your job, which is again, a part of your identity earlier than most people your age. Um, that is difficult. Um, it, it raises a lot of questions when you are fairly young and people ask, well, what do you do for a living? What are you going to tell them? You know, um, people wonder, okay, is, are they, is the person lazy or what's going on there? It's, there's a myriad of social ramifications for being fairly young and not having a job for whatever reason, but especially when you're disabled and especially when you are disabled but have a quote-unquote invisible disability, um, which is a disability that's not immediately apparent from someone looking at you from the outside. Um, it's, I think in some ways, this is the most devastating result of aging with a disability. Um, the physical stuff, the increased falls, the increased fragility, the increased, um, lack of mobility, um, that can be mitigated somewhat. Um, loss of a job, loss of a certain amount of standing in society, that's, it affects you for a longer period of time. Um, especially if you already have depression or anxiety to begin with or other mental health issues. Um, it's just another drop in the bucket of mental illness. I don't know the answer to these questions. I don't know what we can do to fix the problem of the disparity of aging normally or 
aging normally with success and aging well disabled. I don't know how to close that gap. I don't know how to close that disparity. But I think that it is worth talking about. It's not something that's mentioned a lot in literature or on the media. And I think it's right to call attention to it. It's something that needs to be looked at and adjust for. Not everybody ages the same. Not even non-disabled people don't age the same. Everybody is different. And everybody has extra needs. But I think that the disabled population really needs extra care as we age. So I hope you enjoyed this um, episode. It was a really interesting episode for me to research and consider. If you have any questions, give me an, shoot me an email. It's Erica H at newheightseducation.org. Also, if you have any recommendations for top topics in the future you'd like me to cover, by all means, just shoot me an email and I'll look into it. And hopefully it'll be a, a um, topic for a future show. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.